0: Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. There are several consistent mistakes that I see happening with experts, whether you're a coach, a consultant, a speaker, an author, or a service provider, especially when it comes to sales conversations. And in today's episode, I'm going to be diving in deep to the three leading sales conversation mistakes that I see happening over and over again that actually is leading directly into you hearing no more consistently, more frequently than perhaps you would like and how you can eliminate those in the course of one conversation. So if you need to sell using some kind of interaction with a a client or a customer, it could be done by a phone, in person, by video chat, whatever the vehicle or the medium is, is not really that critical. But if you're having an actual in-depth type of discovery conversation, a sales call where you are presenting information or gathering information really from your potential customer, this is the episode that you want to listen to because I keep seeing these same mistakes over and over again. And actually, there's a lot more than just these three. But for today's episode, I'm going to break down three and I will add more into, um, into sell with more ease. So if you have access to that program, I'm actually going to add a special bonus where I'm going to dive in deep into all of the different mistakes that I keep seeing that prevent you from being able to hear yes more consistently. Because I think we all get stuck with them at some point in our career or in our business. So the very first mistake that I see happening over and over again is not having a plan. Now, chances are, if you are listening to this podcast, this show in particular, that you probably don't have a background in sales. Now, I could be wrong because obviously we're talking about mastering the sales game. And I know that there's sales professionals that I help both clients as well as you, my loyal listener. But I know that the vast majority of the people that I serve, that, that I work closely with, do not come from an extensive sales background. So even if you are in the world of sales, whether directly in your business or because you are a sales professional working for somebody else in the business of sales, that you probably have not been doing it for you know, decades. That's it's probably not why you're here. However, I know that regardless of how much experience that you have, that the number one thing that we usually skip over are the basics, right? The foundational pieces that allow us to get stronger and stronger and to build mastery, to really feel like we are the ruler of the roost and that we are the master of our own, our own domain. So, not having a plan—what is that uh, phrase, right? Uh, when you don't have a plan, you plan to fail, and it is the same for your sales conversations. And so, oftentimes, what ends up happening is that you feel like it's too robotic or it's too um, scripted. It's you know, it's it's very restricting to have a plan, to have a formula, to have an agenda, to have a script. And I'm telling you right now that if you continue to wing your sales conversations and the discovery calls that you're having and the sales presentations that you're conducting over and over again, like you're just recreating the wheel every single time that you have a call or a conversation, number one, you have no idea what works, like no clue. Number two, you have no plan or methodology to walk people through. Now, here's. The thing that I need you to understand, and I've said this loud and clear, but I'm going to shout it from the rooftops again. Sales is about service, 100%. But for me, sales is about leadership because somebody has to be in charge. And if you're the expert, you're the one that your potential clients are coming to to ask for help. And if you don't step up right from the very beginning to guide and lead them and to help them to go through this interaction with you the journey of starting to figure out how would it look like to work with you to actually hire you for your products or services or your programs. If you don't have a plan of how they're going to navigate that conversation with you, then it's going to go sideways and they're going to take over. And I guarantee you that's not going to end well. And we have all been hopefully in a situation where we realize and recognize that, oh my gosh, like that just ran away from me. And I really didn't know how to get it back on the rails. And I didn't understand how to turn it around so that I could get what I needed out of the conversation. Like I walked away, maybe more confused and more overwhelmed and more misled about what it was that I thought was going to happen in that conversation. And if you think back to that situation, I will guarantee you like 99% of the time, every time I've had these types of conversations with clients or in the past, my sales teams, it was because they didn't have a plan. They didn't have an agenda. They didn't follow a step-by-step method of how they wanted to guide their ideal client through that specific conversation or situation. So if you don't have enough information gathered, that's part of the research phase, but you don't have to go into like a mile long episodic, like I need to know everything about this person before I can get on a phone call with them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. Do you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that when you have a potential customer that comes to you asking for help, that there is a step one, two, three, four, five, six, however many steps that you have, right? And so we will link up below in uh, in our show notes. Go and listen to episode 10, which is all about the sales process, because I want you to think these are connected. If there is a gap in your sales process, it will show up in your sales call, in your sales conversation, right? Guaranteed. But for today's episode, where we're diving in specifically about the conversation and the mistake that you're making around not planning and not being prepared with that plan, it is incumbent upon you as the expert to know how are people coming to you, at what stage are they at, and whether you collect that through your pre-qualification or an intake form or however that is, right, maybe it's your, your first call, and then you have a follow-up call to actually go into the, the nitty-gritty details where now you've done some some prep to see, hey, do they even know what I do? And can I even help them? And to figure out what is the deep dive that I need to go into if you're doing a two-step call or a two-step close. But for the purposes of what we were, are discussing today, if you don't lead people through that step-by-step they will go off the rails. They will have their own agenda. They will try and figure out and and, and pull you into their pity city of what they're encountering. And if you can't have a a way to to kind of step out of that and to have a framework that you're going to guide them through that'll allow them to feel empowered in a decision-making process that they're making with you, because really that's what it is, right? You're leading them to make the best decision for them. And without a plan of what that looks like, what that sounds like, and what types of things that you're going to need to ask, it makes it very difficult for you to get from where they are, Stuckville, to where they want to be, which is the promised land, right? They want transformation. They want an opportunity. They want help. Otherwise, they wouldn't really be speaking with you in the first place. These are all things that you need to structure when you understand how to close a deal, right? And this is part of what I teach inside of my frameworks and my blueprints and my scripts and formulas that help to give you a container of how to encourage people to still share and for you to gather the information that you need, but do it in a way that feels really natural and authentic and allows both of you to be heard equally well. The second biggest mistake Talking too much, (laughs) talking too much. Now, this is equally for our introverts as well as our extroverts. Um, I am an introvert and being an introvert does not mean that you are shy or reserved. It means that you just simply recharge your energy in a very specific way. You like prefer to be alone as opposed to in, in bigger groups or with other people such as extroverts do. But that being said, you know, the tendency for us to talk too much, it can be a nervous habit, almost like a tick. It can be something where we want to fill in the gaps because it's uncomfortable and it brings to our attention the areas that we just don't have as much confidence in, right? And I know that for me, When I am feeling most uncomfortable, I feel like I need to fill in the gap, right? Like the silence gets unbearable. And I'm telling you right now that when, again, these people are coming to you for help and guidance and support, that if you start to over talk, then it won't allow them the space and the margin that they need in order to number one, answer the questions that you're asking. So don't don't answer for them, right? Don't make assumptions, don't presuppose things. Because you may be surprised by what people will share with you and how they're going to tell you the information that is super valuable for you to be able to know and discern whether or not you can actually help them with your programs and services through your offers and the opportunity to work with you. But if you're constantly talking and talking. You will never get access to that information. And the quality of your questions, as Tony Robbins says, right? The quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask. So why waste that time and energy asking good quality questions when at the end of the day, you are not prepared to listen. You are not prepared to wait and see what is it that they're going to give you as the answer. And instead, you're so nervous or busy or, you know, skipping ahead that you don't even realize they haven't answered and you're busy asking multiple questions at once i will say i'm guilty of that because my brain often travels so fast that i can't get my words out and then i realize oh my gosh i just asked you like five questions when really i need to give you the space to answer one at a time right and that's why when we talk too much when we're spending the majority of the conversation being the one who's talking you will always feel like you're convincing somebody to make the sale and you never have to do that. In fact, the top salespeople, the number one trait that they all have is that they speak the least in order to close the biggest deals. And I know that may feel like an oxymoron right now, especially this is an area that you really struggle with, but I'm going to guarantee you watch what happens when you stop talking, when you actually allow space for somebody to answer, especially if you're asking really good quality questions. So again, there is a methodology that I teach inside of my Close to Deal workshop, inside of my other programs that will allow you to understand the flow of conversation that that really is the most natural, right? But you can change it around once you get really used to your own system. But there's no point in having a system, a framework, a script, or anything like that. If you're not going to take the time to actually listen to your potential client and hear them like really truly hear and understand what they're saying so that you can fill in the gaps between what they say and what's left unsaid that you can kind of intuit, right? Feel out like based on your expertise, what is that actually saying to you? Like when they say X, Y, Z, do they mean X, Y, Z or does it mean something else? And do you need to clarify this? And if you aren't practicing active listening because you are talking so much and you're maybe talking over them, that you actually are talking for them. And the words that you use may not be exactly right. And the number one thing that people want in this world is to be understood, to be seen, heard, and understood. And if they're coming to you, it's because they don't feel like they are seen, heard, and understood in an area that they feel frustrated by, that they need help with. And it's your job to use that expertise to allow them to encourage them, in fact, to share what's on their heart and mind as much as they possibly can. And yes, folks, this works for business to business. So if you're working with corporations, it is the same thing. Now, is there more emotion involved? Maybe not. Maybe it's a little bit more poker faced, right? The the style of discussions and negotiations. But having been in the boardroom with with the C-suite, of major, major companies, I want you to know that at the core, we are all humans and we always are selling human to human. And there's nothing more powerful than being heard, than being understood, than having somebody take the time to really encourage you to share what's going on and to allow you to navigate and sift through all that information and go, okay, I can help you. Here's the plan. How powerful would that be for your ideal clients to hear you say that and to allow you, like, allow them to have the space to be able to share, like, maybe for the first time ever about some of their deepest worries, concerns, situations that they need help and guidance with, that they're looking to your expertise for, that they would be excited to pay you for. That's really the opportunity that we have here when you take the time to truly listen and stop talking so so dang much. okay. the third biggest mistake, the third mistake that I see over and over again is that you are not being a leader. You are following your client's direction and. I know that in sales, there is um, a very popular methodology called mirroring. And in fact, this is a human behavior thing, right? Like humans, in order to survive, we will often mirror each other in order to create connection, to create relationships, to feel a sense of community, and to feel like we are like one another. And it's not something that we consciously do. It is a subconscious thing. However, some people are trained to do this. Some people are taught that you need to mirror somebody in order to be able to make sure that you navigate a sales conversation appropriately. Because then it's like you and I, we are alike because what you see and what you hear. So this mirroring is for your body language, your gestures or expression, the tone of your voice, the pace of your voice, um, all of the things that really are demonstrated physically. Okay. Okay that our eyes and our ears can see or hear. Now, you can take it too far because when you are not naturally doing this, because remember I said that mirroring is something that we subconsciously do as a way to, to fit in and that when we are, and I want you to just check, right? When you are with your loved ones, do you start to mimic how quickly they start to talk, right? So if somebody's really excited and their voice is increasing, that's why when we're out at parties and things, you can hear the din in the room go up and up and up and up and up as more and more people start to have conversations and they start to mirror each other with the pace and the tone and the pitch and the volume. This is part of how human behavior interacts with one another. It's subconscious. But when you're taught to do this as a way to you know, be a sales tactic, it's kind of on the sleazy side, to be honest, because it's not genuine, your body is naturally going to do this. Now, here is, here is the biggest mistake with this, is that when you are following your potential customer and mirroring what they're doing, because you think that that's going to allow them to know, like, and trust you more, I guarantee guarantee you, at some point, if you overdo it, it's going to feel creepy, they may not notice it, but it's going to be a little off putting, Okay, because, again, our subconscious brain will recognize that it's a little too much because normally we're not thinking about it. Normally, we just do it as part of our interaction. So when you are consciously thinking about it, you're exerting effort beyond the normal intention. That is a problem. And this is a problem because you are now following your potential customer as opposed to guess what I said earlier. Sales is all about leadership. They're here to follow you. They want your help, your expertise. You're the guide. You're the mentor. You are the one in charge. And so if you're the one that's following them with their behaviors and their tone of voice and, and kind of what they're saying, and you're, you know, you're nodding along and you're pausing and you're, t- you know, tilting your head and doing all these things similarly to how they're interacting, and you are creating that, right? Like you are, you are overinflating. What is a natural subconscious reaction to somebody that you do genuinely like, that you do know that you're starting to trust, that you are trying to create reciprocity and a relationship with? That will happen anyways. But more importantly, it should be happening the other way around. It should be happening with your ideal clients starting to catch up to you with your potential customers starting to nod when you nod, starting to catch your excitement when you're talking about how you can help them and being bought into the vision of the dream that they have a desire for, right? The the vision of the life that they want to live once they get your help. And that when you are empathetic to their plight, when you really understand truly the problem that they're struggling with and you lead and guide them out of that phase of Really encountering, here's what the problem is and here's how I can help you and really dissecting that. But you're standing in a place of power and authority and control because you know what the promised land looks like and you know what the solution ultimately is if you're going to make an offer. And that's a big if, because this is part of what I teach inside of my programs, right? In close a deal workshop, you do not have to close every single deal. In fact, I discourage that 100% because not everybody is suited for your offer. Not everybody's going to get the best results in working with you. But if you do the right things through your sales conversations and you don't make these mistakes and so many others that I see happening time and time again, then you're going to be empowered to handpick the best clients to work with you. The ones that will do the work, that will get the result, that will make a difference and that you love working with, right? Those special unicorn clients. I know a lot of my clients come to me thinking, I, where are they? They are literally like unicorns. Like I cannot find them. And when I show them the formulas of how I work and how I operate strategically, tactically, and yes, with some of that energetic, like magic in the air, they're hidden. They're hidden in plain sight. They're hiding right in front of your face. And just like on a sales call and a a sales conversation, when we are too close to the issue around, like, here's where you are and here's where I am. And and we're like eye to eye and there's no differentiation between where they are and where they want to be or where they are and where you are as the expert things don't move. So your leadership is required. And yes, does it mean that sometimes there will be mirroring that happens through our, our gestures, our behaviors, all of that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Again, this is a human behavior. It's innate within us. And it happens subconsciously. So it's not anything that you need to think about. It's not anything that you need to force. It's not anything that you need to create. Because the top sales people, hopefully that's you, or will be soon that you will innately guide people to do this simply because you're stepping up as a leader. And that instead of you worrying about, oh my gosh, will this person like me? Do they trust me? Do they believe what I'm saying? That you command your authority and your expertise and you stand from that place and that you guide them from that place. And you encourage them to meet you, to step up, right? Because where they are right now, I mean, if they could do it on their own, they would. The fact of the matter is they can't, and that's why they're coming to you for help. That's why they're asking. That's why they're at least curious to have some kind of discovery conversation, even if it's like a first go at it, right? So I want you to understand that these three leading mistakes that I see happening over and over again, they are by far not exclusive to salespeople, to business owners, to entrepreneurs. They affect all of us at some point in our career, in our our business. And there's many, many more mistakes that we make that can undermine the effectiveness and the success of our sales conversations. But these three here, I wanted to share today because I think it's really important for you to understand that you are in the driver's seat and that you have way more control and power than you think you have. You have the ability to say no to deals and also to close way more deals than perhaps you are right now. But if these mistakes and so many others that you know, I know happen, if they continue to happen, you kind of are shooting yourself in the foot. And it's going to create this hamster wheel of excess work and effort with not a lot to show for it. And I don't want that for you. And so that's the reason why I wanted to share these three specific mistakes today, because I'm hoping that by eliminating these three, you should automatically see a lift in number one, your confidence in having these types of sales conversations. Number two, in the quality of the interactions and the conversations that you're having. And number three, that yes, by eliminating one, two, or three of these top mistakes, that you statistically should see your close rate increase, which means more clients, more cash, more impact. And I know that that's something that you deeply desire if you're listening to this episode. So I have a resource for you. Okay, because I know that you're going to need potentially some help and guidance around how do I create this plan? How do I make sure that when I'm on a sales conversation and it really matters, it really counts that I know what to say and what kinds of questions that I need to ask in order to be authentic to me, to gather the information that's the most helpful so that I can turn down business and that I handpick the best dream clients for me. Without having to worry about hearing objections. And that even if an objection does come up, that I know how to navigate that conversation, that I know how to maneuver that and to encourage people to walk through that resistance with me instead of pushing back and saying, that's not the deal. I got to give up. And I'm just going to walk away feeling a little bit more deflated. So I want you to know that this blueprint, this formula, this whole framework that I have worked out, it's inside of my cell with more ease full signature program, but I have done a condensed version. It's super powerful. I've taught it multiple times and gotten rave reviews and it's helped others close thousands and thousands of dollars. And in my corporate background, it has been responsible for closing well over 600 million. We're probably into the billions now because I know my sales teams are still using this exact framework. So to answer your question, yes, it works if you sell, to individual consumers, so business consumer. It works if you sell business to business. And it works if you need to send a proposal, because I actually want you to use this framework first before you send out any proposals, because it will increase your close rate on those proposals. And we'll link up an episode below um, for you as well around what to do if you have to send out proposals as part of your sales process. So, For a limited time, I'm not sure exactly how long we're going to have this available. It will be for a very special price. I want you to go and check it out. You can go to the link below and it will be in the show notes for you. Close the deal workshop. It will be on my website at some point, depending on when you're listening to this, but I'm not sure exactly when that's going to drop. And because you're a loyal podcast listener, you're going to get early access in case it's not yet on my full website. So go to close the deal uh, workshop. It will be below in the notes for you. Go click the link and grab your very own copy. It will walk you through the exact structure and the plan that you need in order to help you close more sales, get more clients, and remove any objections and obstacles because there's a bonus on how to deal with those pesky objections that I've thrown in as well. So I hope this is helpful. I would love to hear your success stories because I know these mistakes are pesky. They are downright dirty, and we want to get rid of them as quickly as we possibly can. I will talk to you over on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.